All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode number six of the Plumecast, my weekly gaming solo podcast, where I talk about things going on within the video game industry, particularly about the Xbox Series XS and the PlayStation 5. So if you guys are new here, you enjoy what you see slash hear throughout this episode. Consider subscribing, consider joining the channel. If you like what you see, just help this community grow. And if you guys are frequent listeners, frequent watchers, Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for listening and watching again. It really does mean a lot to me. On top of that, if you're new here, I do upload daily videos pretty much unless there's absolutely nothing to talk about. So definitely go check out my channel. See if you like the content. Now, with this podcast, every single week, I drink a beer on the podcast and no different this week. I am just drinking probably a channel favorite it seems like from a lot of the comments that i've been seeing and it's guinness and guinness has always been one of my favorite beers i know a lot of people think it's too heavy or just don't like it they think it's too dark but honestly i think it's a misconception around guinness i don't think guinness is that heavy i think it's actually a lighter beer in the way that it tastes and the way that it kind of fills you And I absolutely love it. One of my favorite beers. I drink Guinness all the time. And if you guys like every single week have any suggestions, please let me know in the comments below. I'm actually taking note of these suggestions. I actually have them in a spreadsheet. So if I go to my beer store and I see one of those beers that you guys have suggested, I am definitely going to pick it up. So again, leave those suggestions down below and I will mark them down. Now, this week has been just nuts with news but before we jump into that i want to talk about some of the games that i've been playing and it's been a variety of games this week starting off with destroy all humans which is just such a fresh of breath fresh of breath breath of fresh air you know my brain or my mouth moves a lot faster than my brain even when i'm making videos you guys if i ever could to have the time to put cuts together of all the crazy stuff I've accidentally said, it would be hilarious. But destroy all humans. It's such a funny game. And it, you just sit back, you're just relaxing, you listen to the quirky humor, you play as an alien destroying humans, destroying evidence that the US military has, that you exist and everything. It's a mission based, it's not open world or anything like that. And you get graded on each mission, like you get a score. So if you beat optional parts of the mission, you get a higher score and stuff. So it's just so fun just to sit back and play that game and just listen to the humor and not have worry about or have to concentrate that much. There are like stealth parts of it and you do kind of have to pay attention so that you sometimes you don't get seen and everything, but it's a fun game. It's on Game Pass, so go check it out if you haven't. And then later on throughout the week, which I'm going to talk about some of the Game Pass games that have come out, but I play. I started Dragon Quest Builders 2, which was a day and date release i believe on xbox it was out on on the switch and the playstation previously but it came out on xbox and they came on to game pass on uh, its day and date and it's a game that i've only played a couple of hours but definitely one that i know i want to sink a lot more into it's like a 60 hour or so rpg it's an action rpg and you get what you can get weapons you get um, you upgrade your your skills your abilities that kind of stuff and there's building elements to it so i haven't gotten too deep into it but from what i've played i definitely want to sink a bunch of hours into it it's just one of those games like i said it's like a 60 plus hour rpg so 
you really have to have a lot of time to sink into it. You don't want to just, it's not one of those games I don't think you can really sit down for an hour and really get much done. So I'm going to put time aside for that eventually, but I definitely want to play it from what I've played. I have enjoyed it. And then on Friday, a game that I've been anticipating for a very long time, as I'm sure a lot of people have, and it's Resident Evil 8 Village or Resident Evil Village. And man, oh man, is that a great game. Oh, I'm, 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 absolutely loving it and i would say right now out of everything that i've played it is the best looking game on the next generation consoles it's so beautiful with ray tracing and the environments and everything just looks so good and i, I like the facial animations like it's crazy it, I'm just, I was blown away when I popped that in. I thought it was going to look good because, I mean, Resident Evil 7 looked great, but I was blown away by how good it actually looks on, well, I'm playing on the Xbox Series X, but I'm sure it looks great on every other platform as well. But on the Series X, wow, with ray tracing everything. And the sound is incredible. So I have Dolby Atmos and I have my, my Xbox headset here that I use when I, when I play Xbox. And with Dolby Atmos and you go into the audio settings within the game. Shout out to Reign of the Third High, who as I was streaming, told me to go do this and it really made a difference. You go into the audio settings and you turn on the surround sound and the dynamic range up to high or whatever the high setting. And it's crazy. You're walking around, you hear everything and it just creates that Resident Evil atmosphere that scares the shit out of you when you see Lady Demetrius, whoever you say her name, you hear her getting closer and closer and all you want to do is run away but yeah i've been playing all those games this week and i'm going to continue to play probably next week i'm probably going to finish off destroy all humans and jump into some dragon quest builders and maybe some more mlb i always still dive into mlb all the time because i absolutely love that game as well so with all of those intros out of the way and what i'm playing and everything again let me know what you guys are playing as well there's a lot of news to get in here. It's going to be, I would say the first half of this show is going to be mostly Xbox stuff with maybe some mix in, in between. And then the second half will be a lot of PlayStation stuff. So the first thing I want to talk about here, I'm just going to get it up on the screen. So this is a topic I did not make a video about this week. And honestly, when I first saw this pop up in my news feed about stuff going on about Halo Infinite, and I saw what people were talking about and where they were getting their source from, my first initial thought was, this is probably taken out of context. It probably is nowhere actually representative as to what the person is really saying or thinking. And it definitely does not represent what's going on at 343 as a whole. And this was confirmed but basically what happened was there are a bunch of news outlets who are running with these headlines and talking about how there was issues at 343 because a former employer came out and spoke about it halo if it being overly ambitious the new engine as well as crunch at 343 and as we know crunch is the big thing that a lot of people are talking about these days, it's those big hitting articles where there's deep dives and everything, and it just creates a lot of stir up within the media. But there was a bunch of articles that went over this, and this originated from this guy here, Eric Yilin, who on YouTube has a channel called Cafe Watercolor, and also has a channel on Billy Billy, which is a Mandarin and videos, streaming platform the chinese video streaming platform and on that channel he does talk about 
watercolor stuff but also video game stuff he mentions that in this video that his audience is younger on that channel so they are more interested in the video game industry so he likes to talk about that as well so he made a video solely in mandarin on his billy billy channel and somebody went in and translated what he said and took out a couple of sentences out of context as to what he was really saying and thinking and posted it on a forum and then these big video game websites ran with that without actually reaching out to Eric for confirmation as to what he actually meant and maybe he said something and he didn't fully mean it that way or didn't come out properly I'm not sure I don't understand Mandarin so I couldn't tell you but at the end of the day all the stuff that was taken was translated from Mandarin to English and I think any reputable um, news agency or any reputable journalist at that point wouldn't take that as fact and would probably or should reach out to the guy who is saying these things to get his take in a language that they understand now he clarified all of this which is great because i wasn't going to make a video on it i didn't make a video on it and i'm happy i didn't maybe i would have if you know it was something that i Wanted to put out some content and I, th I thought it was really interesting, but I just didn't find it that interesting. I, I, my initial thought was, I don't think this is in full context and I'm just going to ignore it for now. And I'm really happy I did because he came out and he clarified all of his statements. So I'm going to play a couple of clips here and then we'll talk about what he is saying. So it's got to get the audio up here. And here is the first clip. So the reason I'm making this video, the one I'm doing right now is that after the release of my previous video, someone watched the video from Bilibili, decided to translate part of the video where I mentioned 343 and Halo, shared it on the forum, I think it's Reset Era, and after that, some of the game press decided to run a full-blown story based on that forum post. So for the past two days, people starting to see articles like these. I got very upset. My purpose of that video is to encourage young artists who want to be in the game industry to go for it. If someone like me can do it, so can they. So the first thing here he says, it's very unfortunate. Out of all of this, this is the most unfortunate part. It was he was trying to put out a positive message in that initial video and it got spin into a negative context, which generally is what happens with anything on the internet. It's like people love to be outraged about everything right so they love to be fake outraged about stuff so when they see headlines they'll read the headlines and then they'll be angry and they'll put stuff out on social media to try to get clicks and that's pretty much what happened here and it's unfortunate because he was trying to make a positive video to encourage people who are trying to get into the video game industry as artists that hey take that chance and try to do it because he did it so if he can do it pretty much anybody can and that's always a great message to give to people who are trying to do that and trying to reach their goals and unfortunately that got taken completely out of context so i'll move on here to the next part i want to talk about go three four three everything is my own opinion i shared my own experience working at three four three and it was overall a very happy experience i am not and shouldn't be a halo news source so that I want to show off because he mentioned something that I think is very important. It's that 
these big developers are massive, right? They have so many employees working there and it is inevitable that there will be multiple disgruntled employees no matter how great of a working experience there is at an organization. So you will find 10 disgruntled employees. You may find 15 disgruntled employees, but if there are thousands of employees, if there's only 10, 15, 20 or whatever, if there's such a small percentage of people that are disgruntled, there probably is not a problem at that place, at that development studio. What is going on here is he did never once, I don't believe he said anything about having any problems there or anything, but I just want to make the point that this is his experience working at 343. So you take that for what it is. It's his lived experience there and somebody else's experience at 343 could be the complete opposite or it could be the same. So let's move on to here. The big things that he talked about, which got taken out of context and published as those big articles. So move on here to 701, where he talks about the game and the engine and all that kind of stuff. So. And the press also mentioned that I said, don't expect it will be a masterpiece. And the reason I say that is because we are in the day of age that games can get hyped up so much and fans starting to have unrealistic expectations about it. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be a good game. I stated in the video, I still look forward to play it and I will always support the game because I know how hard people worked on it. We got good writers working on it. The story is going to be great. The semi-open world is going to be fun. In my video, I just suggest the audience should have an open mind going into this video game. After all, it is the very first time Halo in a semi-open world form. It might not check all the checkboxes that you have for the game, but it can still be a good game. Okay, and this is important because I tweeted this out after seeing all the stuff on social media and what I was saying, the gist of what I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to make here is that Halo Infinite is going to be a fun game. We saw that initial trailer of Halo Infinite. And that initial trailer, my very first reaction after seeing the gameplay with the grapple hook, all that kind of stuff was, wow, this game looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And then after that initial reaction, I go onto social media and you see all the people breaking down the trailer, stopping it frame by frame. That's how Craig came out, which I mean, honestly, finding Craig was a positive thing because it created an incredible meme and I'm hoping there are Easter eggs within Halo Infinite for that meme and there's some sort of merchandise or whatever. It would just be a brilliant marking move so I hope they do it. But my point being is that my initial reaction with Halo Infinite was that this game looks like a lot of fun and I'm 100% confident that when Halo Infinite comes out it is going to be a ton of fun. You can hate the Halo, the story from Halo 5. I didn't enjoy the story in the campaign and you can have your opinions on just the overall lore, if you don't like Master Chief, whatever, right? But the core gameplay for Halo is some of the most fun gameplay there is in all of video games. And that's not going to change. It's not like they're going to go into Halo Infinite and start taking away the core gameplay that they have, which makes it so much fun. They're going to be adding to it like they're doing with the grapple hooks. So from that point of view... I have absolutely zero worries about Halo Infinite. I'm not too worried that this game is not going to potentially be a 10 out of 10 graphical looking game. I don't care as much about that. I care about them sticking to the integrity of Halo and the integrity of Halo is how much fun you have when playing the game. And I would bet 
so much that that game is going to be extremely fun. And he even mentions it here. He's pretty much saying it may not be a masterpiece because of how social media overhype stuff, how people overhype things in video games this year. So people will get a game and maybe it may not live up to the graphics they were expecting and then they'll just trash the game, which is absolutely ridiculous. And it's also what I tweeted out was that this is how it's going to go down. Halo Infinite's going to come out and lots and lots of people are going to have so much fun playing it if you think about it. Free to play multiplayer. There'll probably be close to 30 million Xbox Game Pass subs and it's going to be available to purchase through Steam on PC. So the availability of this game is going to be there for millions and millions of people and millions and millions of people are going to have fun playing this game. And then you'll go onto social media and that's where you'll find people being outraged, people just picking the game apart who aren't actually really playing the game and then you'll have those two sides of it and that's what's going to happen you'll have people having fun and then the people on social media not playing the game and not having fun so i have no worries about halo infinite it got delayed for a year for them to polish stuff they even said when it got delayed they were pretty much done the campaign and everything they were just polishing up the graphics and adding to the engine and just making sure when this game does drop that there aren't too many issues but also have to keep in mind that the multiplayer is free to play and with free to play multiplayer games developers are always adding to it they're always going to be making changes always upgrading always needing feedback because there are so many people playing it so there will always be updates to the multiplayer which is normal which should happen but i think that the campaign itself is going to come out relatively polished with very little bugs and it's going to be a ton of fun to play so i am still very excited no matter how much of this fake outrage and negativity that is trying to be put out about halo all right let's move on here to the next section and about the engine some article says i claim the engine is defective this is a misleading way of saying this what i said is that this engine still needs updates there are still improvements to be made. But again, that happens to every game engine. Unreal 4 still have updates and patches despite they announced Unreal 5 already. And that's an engine that's been there for decades. I stated in the video that the Halo engine is getting better every day. Everybody's working really hard on it. It can achieve amazing graphical result. Everyone is working hard to implement new features in it. Performance is getting better. I'm certain it will improve even more after I left. So this is really important because he mentions here, obviously Halo is going to be on a new engine and engines are always continuously updating even up until the end of their life cycle. So it is not a surprising thing to say that the engine for Halo, it needs a lot of work and it's going to continue to need a lot of work and people are using a lot of their time throughout the development of Halo to make sure that the engine runs well, makes the game run well, and that it's continuously updated. So this isn't a surprising thing. I don't think anybody is shocked at him saying that. But with that being said, he's saying here that people are working on it every day. People are adding to it. And since he's been gone, he doesn't know where the engine is at right now. The engine could be miles ahead of where it was from when he left 343. And that's not anything that, I mean, is mentioned in these articles that the engine reaching out to try to get an update from 343 on where the engine is. It's just publishing it to look like that the engine is in a bad state. And then finally, the thing that pissed him off the most here is the crunch that was talked about. So let's listen to what he says. And finally, the crunch. This is what upset me the most. 
It is one sentence in a 15 minutes long video, which wasn't even a point of the video, and that got brought out to be the headline of these articles. I really need to clarify that I never said there was a constant crunch, nor did I say I was forced to crunch in the video. Everyone crunched for a different reason. Some could be the deadline, sure, but many of us just want to go the extra mile to do the best we can. Sometimes an artist, like me, got into a zone and they just want to continue. I sometimes got really into what I was working on and I forgot to eat. And I was eager to finish it while I got the momentum going. I didn't want to stop the create juice from flowing. Whenever that happens, an artist could easily lose their sense of time. So like he said, this is the part he is the most angry about. And basically, it's the crunch, which gets a lot of attention now when stuff is published about crunch going into these developers. And you hear some people that work at certain developers talking about how they're forced to do crunch and they're forced to do this stuff. And it just takes a big toll on them. This is not what he's saying at all. What he is saying here when he talked about crunch was that he would get in the zone for what he was working on and he wouldn't want to get out of that zone. So he would work hours and forget to eat. He would work deep into the night after he put his kids to bed because he said in the video he has kids running around and that it would be because he didn't want to remove the creative thinking and zone that he was doing in working on his projects. And I don't think there is anything wrong with that. If you're somebody who is in the zone creatively and you forget to eat or you don't want to get out of that zone, but this isn't mandated by your employer, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a personal choice and that's personal responsibility for you to want to do that and for you to go and eat if you forget to eat, right? And I think he's confirming that here that there's nothing wrong with that. He's even said multiple times in the video that 343, he worked there for eight years. If there was a big issue at 343, why would he have stayed there for eight years? And that when he was leaving on his last day, he actually cried for leaving that environment. So I think this video here is something everybody should listen to. It is in the description below. It clears up all that Halo Infinite stuff and going forward up to the release of halo infinite and just to the release of a lot of these big games just take everything you hear with a grain of salt because especially if you're on social media as i am and always looking at this stuff it's the same pattern every single time as to what happens you're gonna get a big game that's about to come out you're gonna have a lot of fans that are excited and as we get closer to that release date, there's going to be a lot of fear and doubt that people put out there. A lot of people pretending like they have all this information or pretending like they are really scared that the game is going to be in a dire state with absolutely no reason to think like that. Just creating fake outrage for clicks and for um, attention, I guess. I'm not really sure. And it happens every game with every game. So keep your your if you see this kind of stuff, take it with a grain of salt. And if you continue to read stuff about Halo Infinite from these types of articles, it's been clarified by the guy who actually put that out. And it's just unfortunate because I'm a, I'm a, just a one-man team. I don't have the resources, the money, and I'm not trying to e-bag or anything that don't take this out of context, please. But I don't have like the time resources, I would say, more than anything to do huge deep dives and, and reach out to these guys and try to get them to come on and do interviews and stuff like that. But if you're a big game journalist website, you're just publishing anything to get clicks and everything. It's completely just irresponsible and unfortunate. And we've seen this in the past, like with Kotaku publishing that Halo Infinite was delayed. 
without even looking into the resources. So if this tells you anything is that these big video game journalist websites are no different than the independent guys like me and all of the thousands of others of guys on YouTube who are basing their opinions off of stuff that really hasn't fully been confirmed or dove into. So take it all with a grain of salt. And it's more of an entertainment thing, I would say at this point, than a factual thing, especially when you see stuff like this. So it's unfortunate because he was trying to put out a positive message with his video and it was taken out of context. And I, you see that a lot. Like on my channel, my stuff doesn't, doesn't get taken out of context and stuff because I don't, I'm not big enough yet. But if I ever eventually get big enough, I'm sure a lot of the things that I say will get taken out of context. I'm just kind of preparing myself for that. However, I, my channel, my goal is to put out a positive message with gaming and just try to create like objective thoughts and, and dialogues around stuff rather than just coming onto a video and being fake outraged or fake joyful about stuff. So I kind of feel for him for what he was trying to do with trying to put out a positive message and trying to tell people, hey, if you are interested in getting into the video game industry, if you're interested in being an artist in the games industry, I did it. This is how you can do it. So go ahead and, and take that leap of faith and try to get into it. And it got completely misconstrued, which is unfortunate but i'm gonna leave this one here i would love to hear what you guys think about this in the comments below because this one is an interesting topic and this video as i'm recording this only has 3537 views and on twitter i haven't seen it get too much attention you see a couple of people taking clips out of his video and posting it and just kind of trying to get that twitter world to see it but the initial articles where his comments were taken out of context are going to have a ton more viewership than this. So what he's doing here is, is putting out the truth of what he was trying to say, but the lies or the out of context stuff is going to get all of the views and clicks, which again is unfortunate. But anyways, guys, I'm going to move on here to the next topic. Uh, an interesting thing that I, I saw, and I don't know how many people will be interested in this, but... Limited Run Games is now an official Xbox partner and Limited Run Games makes really cool kind of collector's editions for older games and not just older games, but tons of different games. I don't know how to classify all their other ones, but lots of different styles of games and they come in these cool packages with lots of goodies that come in it. When I talk about in previous videos, I've talked about like how I don't think physical games are worth it anymore because you get nothing in the package and the disc is literally just a license to the game that you download off of the store. If there's one exception to the rule, it's these limited run games where you get all this extra stuff in it. So for example, this is like uh, Star Wars Republic Commando Collector's Edition. And then you get all of this extra cool stuff. Basically just a bunch of different special editions like this Castlevania collection is coming out and it's actually coming out in like a Sega Genesis case, which is really cool. It's for the PS4, right? But it has, it'll have a bunch of goodies in it and it makes those physical versions worth it. But the story here, which I kind of, well, I guess I read the headline. They're partnering with Xbox. So now we're going to see some of these physical additions from limited run with all of these extra goodies coming out for xbox versions of games and to me it's exciting because 
if I'm buying a physical game, if, I, if there's a game that comes out that I absolutely love and I want to play it and I want to get a physical version and it's published by Limited Run Games, I will, I will probably pick that up. I think the last one I got was Streets of Rage 4, which I beat through Xbox Game Pass and then I got the physical Limited Run version for the Nintendo Switch. So... I have that one. It was pretty neat. And I just got the standard edition for that just because I love Streets of Rage and and getting a physical version of that meant a lot to me. But with that standard edition, it came with a little slip inside the game. And it also came with a soundtrack, which I listen to all the time because I think Streets of Rage 4 is one of the best soundtracks ever in a game. So it's, um, it's it's a cool thing. And what they say here is we're making really good progress we're officially xbox partners so we're hoping to have more to reveal soon it happened last year that we were officially brought on but it's taken a really long time to just get paperwork going because xbox wants us to do certain things first we work with bethesda all the time and microsoft just bought bethesda and it's really weird that the doom releases we've done are not on xbox it doesn't make any sense we work with double fine pretty often we've released a few of their games Oh, they work with Double Fine often. That means that maybe they'll do something crazy for Psychonauts too. And if that's the case, I will be getting that. And they continue on saying, so to not have those as Xbox releases physically is weird because they're also first party company now. So I think one of our big initial initiatives on Xbox will be to correct those things. Hopefully everything gets sorted out and we can really start going full steam ahead with Xbox soon. That's awesome. I really hope that... They bring something up for Psychonauts 2. And I mean, maybe they will. Psychonauts 2 also is still expected to release in 2021. So if anyone's worried about that, I think it's still going to come out. In fact, they actually put out a uh, some 4K screenshots of it recently, which looked really, really good. But that's it. That's it for that. Let me know if you guys have purchased any limited run games recently. And if you like the stuff that they do. And which ones did you get if you got them? Um, so let's move on here to some some great news for Xbox this week. And there's two things that I thought were awesome. So there was the Game Pass games coming out of May. I mean, I think this is a great list. So this month, there's Just Cause 4 Reloaded, Outlast 2, Psychonauts, the original one. So check that out if you haven't checked it out and you're excited for Psychonauts 2 and you want to see what the franchise is all about. Red Dead Online, Steep, FIFA 21, Dra- uh, Dragon Quest Builders 2, which I've been checking out, Final Fantasy 10 and 10 2, and The Remnant from the Ashes. So I think this is a, a really good lineup, and it's it continues to bolster that sports lineup with FIFA 21. And one of the things out of this that I talked about in my video is we've seen the Xbox Series S being a console that if you play just shooters and you want 120 frames per second and you just play sports games it's going to be such a great console for you in markets like india in markets like africa where they the ps4 is still selling because it's the cheaper console the series s with a game like fifa 21 on it i think it's going to be just a huge console pusher if People from those countries or other countries that are similar walk into a store and they see the price of a PS5, the price of a Series X, and then they see the price of a Series S. And they're told that on the Series S, you get to play games like GTA, 
FIFA, Red Dead Online is probably another big one. And it's all included with Xbox Game Pass. So I think games like that being added are just such great things. And overall, this Game Pass lineup for May, for me at least, is a really good lineup. I'm going to be checking out Just Cause 4 Reloaded, Psychonauts, Dragon Quest Builders 2, and I will probably dabble in some ten, Final Fantasy 10 and 10 too. I don't know if I'll play anything else on this list. And I've already I've already said I'm playing. Actually, yeah, I said Dragon Quest Builders 2. But I don't know if I'll I'll dabble into anything else on this list. But I think if there's one, two, three, four, five games I want to try out, it's it's a very good list for me. Let me know what games here that you guys are interested in playing. And then that wasn't the only great announcement that, that Xbox got this week. The other announcement was just a ton of games being dropped into that FPS boost feature with now a total of 97 games that are available with FPS boost. And this it hasn't been that long since they released the FPS boost. I think it's only been a couple of months now and we're already at 97 games which to me is great news because it means that they really are getting that process down in order to bring over games to take advantage of that FPS boost. And I think we're going to continue to get a lot more on top of this list here. And it's a good list. Like you got all the battlefield games, you got the Assassin's Creed games, Assassin's Creed Unity, which is notorious for just un- being unable to run when it was released on the Xbox One, now has a, a 60 FPS boost to it. So there's that. There's got the Far Cry games, got the Halo Wars games, a bunch of Lego games that dropped in. Mad Max now up to 120 FPS on the X and 60 FPS on the S. I think that's a game that a lot of people are excited about. Mad Max is a game that I haven't played yet, but I hear that it's just very under the radar, underrated. So I'll probably check that out with the FPS boost. And then there's more stuff here, like and like some things that people may not realize or think about, but there's more of these like free-to-play Battle Royale games, like Realm Royale, which if you're on the Series S, you're getting 120 FPS with these free-to-play games. It's really going to help push that console. And... What else do we have here? Got all the Tomb Raider games, Titanfall 2. Titanfall 2 is a game that I was playing. I didn't mention this, but I was also playing Titanfall 2 last week, checking out that 120 FPS. And man, that game is so fun still. Like the multiplayer is still so good. And the community is actually bigger than I thought it was. I thought that Titanfall 2 was just virtually dead for a while now, but the user base is actually not bad at all. And then, I mean, we have the wasteland games as well and there's just a lot of stuff so definitely go check out check out that list but fps boost is super impressive and one of my favorite things on these next generation xboxes is the support for backwards compatibility and just what xbox is doing to make sure that we can play all of these games in the best way possible one of the things that i completely disagree with is that new consoles are only for new games especially now with we're at a point where that graphical fidelity it does get better from generation to generation but it's nothing like it was when you went from like the super nintendo to the n64 to the nintendo gamecube or from the ps1 to the ps2 to the ps3 so there there was that difference i remember going from the original xbox to the xbox 360 and how crazy 
it was walking into a future shop. Any Canadians out there will know future shop. It's just now Best Buy, but we had future shop here in Canada and they would always have that fight night game. The one that came out, I think at launch with the 360 as the kiosk display. And it was insane. The difference between seeing the graphics on that game versus the graphics on an original Xbox. And we're not going to have that anymore. We'll, we'll be amazed by the graphics. Like what I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, I was blown away with the Resident Evil Village graphics, but I wasn't blown away in the sense that I couldn't imagine ever seeing graphics like this. I guess that's the best way to put it. When I saw Fight Night on the 360 at the Future Shop kiosk, I couldn't ever imagine in a million years seeing graphics like that. I don't think we'll ever we'll ever be at that point again. So that's why this FPS boost and the stuff that they're doing with backwards compatibility is just so valuable for this generation and going forward. So moving on to the next topic here, something that just kind of caught my eye that I was interested in and I wanted to talk about, and it is Ubisoft is announcing a new free-to-play game called The Division Heartland. Now, there's also going to be a mobile division game coming as well, but this free-to-play one is the one I'm interested in because I actually enjoyed the division two a lot. It is a looter shooter. I finished up all the campaign and went through a bunch of the end game stuff, and it's a great time. So when they announced this, I was excited to see what they had in mind. Now, there isn't much information on this game other than they haven't decided which format it will be, but it is free-to-play, and it will be available on all platforms and you can actually go ahead right now and sign up to have access to the early test run for the game. So I've done that for the Xbox Series X and S. If we're thinking logically about these free-to-play games, whenever they come out, a lot of them are battle royales. That's where they make a ton of money. And then you think about the division, it being third person. And you think about how successful Fortnite is as a third person battle royale game. I feel like Ubisoft kind of wants to do something along those lines kind of like a PUBG Fortnite style of mixed battle royale game. So we'll have to wait and see what it is. But yeah, go check out that link if you want to sign up to test it when they have their play tests. Now, moving on to what has dominated the headlines this week in video games, and it is the Epic first Apple case. But not only that, it is all the stuff that has come out from that case, which gave us great insight into how the video game operates and gave us answers for stuff that we have been wondering about for years now. Now, the biggest thing that came out of all of this was why crossplay was blocked for so long by Sony. So if you guys remember back in like 2016, 2017, 2018, when crossplay started coming out, when Minecraft came onto the Nintendo Switch and there was crossplay between the Switch and the Xbox One, and I think PC as well. And then we started seeing crossplay between consoles and PC, and they proposed that there would be Fortnite crossplay, and PlayStation blocked it initially, and then eventually went back on that, probably because of public pressure and just the backlash they received. So initially, Sony said the reason why they were blocking crossplay to Fortnite was because they didn't want to expose their players to external influences and phil spencer came out and said that that was kind of a ridiculous thing and why the dialogue why was the dialogue going to that that it does it doesn't seem healthy for anyone and i think the majority of people after hearing this thought that this was just like a bullshit excuse and if you're one of those people you were right because from the epic first apple case we got the real reason why playstation was blocking crossplay in my opinion was holding back the industry and gamers for that period of time. 
Now, what happened here was there's emails that came out and then there was like a, a cross-platform revenue sharing thing that came out. So the email, firstly, I'm not going to read it all. I do read it in my video if you want, if you want to hear me read it fully. Check that out on my channel. It's an email that comes from John, Joe Kreiner, who is the business development, who is, I guess, works at business development for Unreal Engine in the Americas. And he's from Epic Games. And basically, he sends an email to PlayStation telling them that they want to do this marketing deal with them to announce crossplay and to announce this new season. I, th I think it's a new season for Fortnite and make PlayStation look like the heroes in this situation and just have this big marketing agreement, this big marketing thing with Fortnite and PlayStation. He sends this to, to Sony and Sony comes back with a response and it's from Gio Corsi, who was Sony's senior director of developer relations at that time, dismissing the idea. And he says here, as you know, many companies are exploring the idea and not a single one can explain how cross console play improves the PlayStation business. And then after this email in August of 2019, Sony seemed to have found the explanation that would make cross console gaming good for their business. And it was this cross platform revenue share where if a certain amount of players in the player base was coming from the PlayStation network and playing that game. So for example, certain amount were playing Fortnite, Epic would have to pay PlayStation and Sony a fee because of the amount of players that were coming over. And this was something this this entire thing was brought up because of that 30% cut that Apple was trying to make. So this was being shown off, I guess I'm guessing from Apple trying to make a, a an argument that this happens, other people do this as well. And this was brought up and it's the core reason, it's the reason why PlayStation blocked cross-platform for, for so long was because their bottom line. And if you, I preface this by saying, businesses are out there to make money. Corporations, these multi-billion, trillion, whatever dollar corporations are so rich because everything and every move that they make, no matter how it's framed, no matter what they try to make as public perception, the moves they make are to make money and revenue and profits for their stakeholders, their shareholders. Like that's why they exist. And we're in a, we live in a capitalistic society. There's nothing wrong with trying to make money from your business if you're not trying to make money from your business then you probably aren't suit suited to run a business i mean that's the point of it however with that being said you can be very profitable while being consumer friendly and i think we are seeing that play out right now with microsoft yes Microsoft is making a ton of money. Yes, their their strategy of Xbox Game Pass and everything they're doing with backwards compatibility and all this extra stuff that they're they're putting in there, they're doing it because it eventually is going to make them lots of money, but it is very consumer friendly. And they're realizing that if you do consumer friendly moves, especially in video games where the market is so big, like I think it's like the biggest media market right now, like compared to TV, movie and all that stuff. I could be wrong. I don't have the numbers on that. But if they 
look at that market as something more than just a wallet, every single person's a wallet, but providing value with the services they provide with so many people wanting to get access to this medium, people are going to go crazy and sign up for Xbox Game Pass and you're going to make a ton of money off subscription services and you're going to be the market leader for years and years to come while keeping the consumers happy. And Xbox is doing a really good job at that. But that isn't the case with PlayStation. We see stuff like this. PlayStation's strategy is, I guess the best way to put it is they look at their customers like this. They know that whatever first party game they put out, whatever deal that they make, their customers are going to go out and purchase those games at full price. If they put out a $100 game, their customers will go out and purchase it. And I would say that it's it works and it's working right now and it probably will work for the next X amount of years, depending on which game it is. But I think eventually PlayStation will start to see that that first party allure is not going to cut it anymore when it's being compared to services like Xbox Game Pass, especially with the fact that there are going to be so many great first party games coming out to that service. And eventually they're going to have to make that jump and they're going to have to make that switch to focusing on subscription based services, subscription based model like Xbox, rather than what they've been doing, I guess, since their inception, which was putting out a console and locking people into that console and then pushing their first party games and getting their consumer base to go and spend full price on those first party games. It'll work for the next five years or so, but eventually they'll start to see that dwindle. And then that's when I think they're going to make that switch over and start planning for subscription and all the stuff that Xbox is doing. I don't think they can do it this generation. I said this in my last podcast I think PlayStation dropped the ball with subscription, with things like backwards compatibility and just these value added features that customers love. I think PlayStation thought that nobody cared about that. Like nobody wants subscription, nobody wants backwards compatibility, or they didn't think that the market will respond so positively as they're doing with the Xbox Series X and S features. So I don't think they have the ability, the resources and the time to be able to make up for what they failed to plan for this generation. I think they're going to have to push it off to the next generation, but I do see that coming. I feel like the next PlayStation is going to be full subscription, their first party games on their subscription service, and they're going to have backwards compatibility going back probably maybe for, I just said probably maybe, but I will say maybe because... (laughs) Probably is a hard prediction to make for that, but I would say maybe back to like the PS1, like their whole library. It'd be crazy if they did that, but I can see them doing that after seeing how the the market has responded to what Xbox is doing. So anyways, there you have it. I mean, this is why cross-platform was being blocked. Not surprising. It's a business move. It's what Sony does. So it wasn't anything that blew me out of the water. The side point to all of this is which I find the funniest of it all is the day that these documents came out was the same day that Sony announced that they were had a partnership with discord. And it was so weird because the partnership they announced was there's going to you're going to be able to have access to like your discord chats and all that kind of stuff through PlayStation, but it's going to come in sometime in 2022. And it was just such like an out of place announcement, but people were blowing it up and making it so much bigger than it actually was. But there was nothing in the article other than saying sometime in 2022, but you know why they did it now because they did it on the same day as this, 
May 3rd, 2021 is when they, they released that announcement. And it was a brilliant marketing move by, by Sony and by Jim Ryan. You can hate on Jim Ryan all you want. I don't like Jim Ryan. I don't think he's in touch with gamers. I don't think he is Phil Spencer in any way. I think Phil Spencer is significantly better, but I think Jim Ryan is a very good businessman. And I think Jim Ryan knows how to make money because he released that, that announcement for Discord on the same day as this. And he did it because he knew this was coming out and he was trying to put something out to try to reduce the negative public um, percept, public opinion that was going to come out from this article. And it worked. That's a crazy thing. Like this is so much bigger than that Discord partnership. If you're somebody just like looking at how these companies operate, if you're somebody who loves PlayStation, thinks they do no wrong, you see this, you may start to question that a little bit. But putting out that Discord thing worked. It, it was, I think it got, it was trending more. I think more people were interested in that Discord partnership and what was going on. And not many people were interested in this because this is a lot of reading. You know, you have to go through this entire article like I did. You got to read this thing, this big email. You got you to gotta try to understand what this stupid slide means with the 0.85 and all that kind of crap. But with the Discord partnership, all you got to do is read the headline and be like, oh, wow, PlayStation's partnering with Discord. This is amazing. Wasn't Xbox trying to buy Discord? Wow, Xbox, they got destroyed. But play, like they knew that what was going to happen and they knew all their fanboys were going to prop that up and make this like people not see this and it worked so i mean kudos to your mind he knows what he's doing he may not be in touch with video games and gamers like people think but he knows how to market and he knows how to make money and he's a good businessman he he's not going to be out of playstation anytime soon i don't think because he makes that money so that's it for that that was um yeah i found this stuff really interesting um, I have a bunch of videos on a lot of the stuff that came out from this Epic vs. Apple trial or lawsuit. So go check those out if you have it. Now moving on to another lawsuit that that has hasn't that is starting now, or I don't know if it started, but it is coming. And again, this is I don't want to rag on Sony, but all the news for Sony is is pretty bad right now, and it's that Sony is facing a lawsuit over PlayStation Store digital sales exclusivity so right now if you own a playstation the only way you can purchase digital games for your playstation is through psn and it says here that as a detail by a bloomberg report the class action lawsuit filed by consumers notes that by restricting digital purchases to the official playstation store sony interactive entertainment are able to charge up to 175 percent higher than physical games sold by retailers both online and in store. So basically they are have like a monopoly over their games on the PlayStation network. And the lawsuit is that they are they have a monopoly. They're charging supra competitive prices to for digital PlayStation games, which are significantly higher than their physical counterparts sold in competitive retail markets and significantly higher than they would be in a competitive retail or digital market. So if you obviously go and buy a digital game, there are discounts going on. You can trade in stuff, you can get credits, you can buy a used version, all that kind of stuff. But if you have like, for example, a PlayStation 5 digital, you don't have that choice. The only choice you have to buy a game is through the PlayStation network and Sony completely controls those prices 
and they may never drop prices on games and you have to pay those prices. So they're making a ton of money off of that by being able to control the prices. Whereas you look at Xbox and Xbox actually allows you to purchase digital games at other retailers. So this is just a Gears 5. I'm sure they do it with other games as well, but you can buy download codes at retailers and those retailers can decide to cut the price, cut it in half or, you know, give you discounts. So there is that ability to not have a monopoly over these prices, but that isn't available with PlayStation. So consumers are suing them and we'll have to see what comes out of this. This is consumers versus PlayStation. (laughs) It's just like, it's funny because there are a lot of consumers out there that know the practices that Sony does. Then you have a lot of consumers that, just blindly support anything that they will do, even if what they're doing directly affects them as a gamer and is taking more money out of their wallet and putting it into the wallet of these really these these guys high up at Sony. So it's crazy, but it's another lawsuit. We'll have to see when this goes on, what happens. I'll definitely be following it, and it will be very interesting to see and to end this week's episode off just two more quick topics i wanted to talk about one of them being here about final fantasy 7 remake now final fantasy 7 remake as we know was a playstation 4 exclusive game that came out last march and it was supposed to end an exclusivity deal in april of this year so if you were on xbox you were kind of sitting there waiting and hoping that they were going to release final fantasy 7 remake on xbox and that hasn't happened yet and who knows if or when that will happen but this may be an indication that it may not be happening anytime soon so as we know we have the final fantasy 7 playstation 5 uh, remake upgrade whatever and it comes with the playstation 5 expansion for integrate which is like the expansion to final fantasy 7 remake and integrate is going to be available on ps5 at least six months earlier than any other format so it's going to be a playstation 5 exclusive for six months which may point to and indicate that anything with final fantasy 7 remake is not going to be coming out for the xbox console for quite a while because this game releases on june 10th 2021 so june july august september october november december so at six months i doubt they're going to release something in december as big as this for the xbox so we may not see final fantasy 7 until 2022 and i could be completely wrong on this maybe this just means specifically that they're putting integrate onto the ps5 as an exclusive and then final fantasy 7 remake just the base version is going to come onto xbox i doubt it though i feel like since this is like the upgraded version and it has that expansion you would think that they would want to release this on the series x and s at the same time as they were releasing it on the ps5 but that does not look like the case so i would not hold your breath for final fantasy 7 remake on an xbox console anytime soon and the ray of light that you can kind of point and look towards is since final fantasy and square enix since a lot of those games are on game pass right now maybe xbox will work on a game pass deal maybe final fantasy 7 remake will drop directly into xbox game pass and 
it's a great game. I played it on the PS4 last year. I got it on day one when it came out because Final Fantasy VII, I mean, it's a classic game. I love the original on the PS1. So definitely it is a disappointment if you're somebody who was looking forward to that. And sticking on this last final piece of news for PlayStation, as we know, they announced that they were closing down the PS Vita, the PSP, and the PS3 stores. Then they kind of rescinded and, and went back on that. However... It looks like if you are somebody who's working on a PlayStation Vita game, you're still going to not be able to publish games after that deadline, which I believe was sometime in June or July. This comes via of a tweet from Sometimes You, who they port and publish single-player Unity and default games to consoles, to Xbox One, PlayStation 5, and 4, Nintendo Switch, and PlayStation Vita. And they tweet... Sad news, it seems that the old deadlines for new digital releases on PS Vita are still valid. That is, the store will continue to work for customers, but the games will stop coming out this summer. So there won't be any more PlayStation Vita games in the future, any more PSP, probably PS3. I mean, who plays who plays any new PS Vita games anymore? There's probably like a niche crowd that does. I mean, I obviously don't, but... I haven't played my PS Vita in a while, but I did really enjoy the PS Vita when it was out. I have to admit, I did like the PS Vita, and it was sad to see Sony just abandon it as fast as they did. But it's disappointing. It's disappointing that they're just stopping developers from indies and stuff if they want to just make a PS Vita game and put it on the store and maybe sell a few copies and make a couple bucks off of it. But that's not going to be the case going forward. But yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the Plumecast. Plumecast episode number six. Again, if you guys are new here, you enjoy. Let's say you listen through this entire podcast. I'd really appreciate you hitting that subscribe button if you thought it was entertaining, you thought it was informative. And if you guys are frequent listeners and frequent watchers of the channel, I really appreciate you stopping by. Again, it means a lot to me. So thank you again for just uh, another great week of support with all of my videos. And I'll be right back on it tomorrow. Hopefully there's another crazy week of news. I'm sure there will be. I think there's going to be crazy news from now all the way up until E3 and then after E3, maybe for a week or so. And then we're going to be heading, before we know it, into the holiday season and Halo Infinite is going to be dropping. So it should be a very fun bunch of months, very fun 2021 and beyond. So thank you guys again for watching. Thank you for stopping by and I will catch you this week in my videos and next week in the Plumecast.